Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Now we're in the month of October. It would do us some good to consider the Reformation times, especially as Lutherans. The glory of that gospel light, as you know, that was rekindled. It was buried, dead, lost, completely twisted. The Spirit was still working in those times in darkness. But indeed, it had to work through all that disarray. And so Luther would have been swallowed up. You know he would have died and been swept away, just as others had spoken out. But God's goodness provided help through certain leaders. One in particular, you might know his name, Frederick, the Duke of Saxony. He did just this with his political expertise. And he got the name the wise for a reason, which means then the opposite. There are plenty of other people who were fools and how they're dealing with those times. Luther makes a great and comical remark that's helpful in this for our times. If God raises up an outstanding man, either among the spiritual or secular authorities, the devil brings his monkeys and simpletons to market to imitate everything. And yet it all amounts to monkey business and tomfoolery. And so the gospel reading kind of shows us that today. It takes us to a typical encounter for Jesus. He had to deal with the folly of the Pharisees. And worst of all, in today's context, these leaders disrupted him when he was teaching the crowds. And their discussion on divorce, I mean, that stings close to home. Broken marriages have devastated much of our families and society. However, divorce, you must know, it wasn't the point. It was serving another purpose, that topic, to trip up Jesus. The Pharisees, as you know, in their hearts, they already rejected him for being the promised Savior. At minimum, then, they wanted to hurt his authority by how he answered this legality. And at best, maybe the crowd would get so worked up by his answer, they would do him in and get rid of him completely. Of course, you know, God already planned the perfect death of his son. And as St. Paul would tell us later, it would be at just the right time all that would take place. Of course, divorce also uncovers a larger view about division for a sinful world. It's a pain in our lives that none shake. It's all around. God's faithfulness promises that the right relationship for us in Christ works against all divisions caused by sin. And so we have to start with the notion of what we call a regulatory spirit, a governing spirit, a managing spirit, cannot see the depth of division beneath the surface. The Pharisees used Moses as a defense for divorce, and you know what? They weren't wrong about this litigation measure. It really happened. Go check out the book of Deuteronomy. But God's prophet of old, you know what he had his hands full in, a stiff-necked people. And so Jesus revealed why 
Such actions were necessary by Moses. Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote you this commandment. This hardness in sinners, we don't understand because we're born with it, with original sin, and it sticks with us all the way to the grave. It's very hard, this kind of a heart, the old Adam. And it's a scary thing because it's what wreaks havoc of love on a world that needs love. So that instead of Moses, now today we see what happens. We treat marriage more like a contract, a written code. Divorce, I might even tell you, it might go down in numbers in the future. But many today, as you know, are regulating marriage to be nice but not necessary. And so hard hearts have become even harder. Marriage is God's design for a man and a woman, but Jesus speaks his words against all division. So you can take his words and expound it out much more than this between a, a, a relationship of marriage. He said to us, he says to a sinful world, what therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. If children become the topic right after Jesus talks about divorce, maybe we got a really hard question we're going to have to ask. What divisions have we as adults handed over to the next generation? This hardness of heart infects God's gift of love and family too that few see out in the public eye, but we know it's all there where a father and son no longer talk anymore. Maybe money over wills breaks up the siblings. And even youth today supposedly are finding more solace in friends than their own families. St. Paul gives this very sharp rebuke in 1 Timothy. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Of course, hard hearts in this natural world still might see marriage and family necessary. But what about that unity for us joined together as the body of Christ. God's love binds believers by his word and sacrament that give the gospel unlike anywhere else. It's his doing, his will. What makes a church any church at all? Or there is no church. And yet division is ripe within the visible church from personal agendas, you know how this goes, to power maneuvers, and even making threats for control, many times out of fear. St. Paul addresses the hardness that presses on each and every one of us. And he says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called into one body, and be thankful. Either God is working his gospel alone for us, as we would say, by grace, through faith, alone. 
or a visible church will fall like the Tower of Babel, or, frankly, it will end up building idols. So if division is so predominant for all of us, one heart remains unhardened against all the fragmentation that we feel today. And there's so much. What God joined there and what he's done in his creation now relates everything in our relationship to Christ who is faithful. The Pharisees' legalities were no match to the Lord joined in our flesh that no one will separate who was born of the Virgin Mary. It cannot be undone. It's changed all of creation because God has stepped into it. Rather than splitting hairs over the brokenness, Jesus answers with an undefiled love of God's displeasure against division caused by sin in every way. His heart saw the trap, but that also is what led Jesus, wasn't it? To the cross, making God's faithfulness known in Christ crucified to be necessary for all in a sinful world, all that are broken. Then there is only one heart to be lifted up that pours out compassion against all the legalities of life. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, and bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. By his sacrifice, a reconciling love has risen with unity for all to believe, it is God who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, St. Paul says, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. You are here. Your life exists with faith because it was given to you as pure gift. And so you exist as a tree because of that same gift or you will be undone. What good news that God has prepared our salvation before the foundations of the earth out of an open heart he did not have to have. And such forgiveness in eternal life by the gospel then, God designed to face the division. We know that Jesus saved and died and rose from the dead, but it's to face the divisions. And so first, it begins with how Jesus took you by baptism into his death and drowned your divisive self, myself too, and made you a new heart to rise with him. And second, the litigating of marriage in our culture has pushed the hardness of heart to lead many away from God's design for a man and a woman. If you are married, cherish your vows. Protect what the devil looks to divide in every possible way. And in the struggles with the one flesh union that every marriage has, need not be alone. Third, our earthly families are unique. We all know 
There's issues in them that abound and tensions remain, just like the Old Testament saints had to face too. And yet the integrity of Christ's love, because you belong to his family, that shields you from this erosion to bear all things, believe all things, and never give up in the family. Finally, word and sacrament direct our attention to the relationship that Christ and his bride calls us to in this time and space. All the roles, hard decisions, and good order for any church does no good without wisdom, like Frederick the Wise exercised, and it served a greater unity. He put his whole kingdom that he held in, in, in uh, Germany, he put that whole reign in that area to jeopardy because of one man, Luther, who happened to speak the one word of light that would save sinners from their works. You see, the Reformation was good news, breaking through the mess made by adults. For Jesus tells us, truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. That's faith alone. That's the gift that you don't you know, be so impressed because of how great and good you've gone in your life, how responsible you are now as adults.